a lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Premier Radio, what would you like fans to take away from your new EP? Joy and uh, the expression uh, change the world, you know, we're changing for the kids. It doesn't seem like though there's all those people meeting in New York right now. Um, you know, half the world's on fire, half of it's underwater, and they're still wondering, well, it, we can't do that, you know, and uh, I think we have to do a lot. So I'd like to change the world for the kids. I do wonder that uh, politicians, do they have kids? Do their kids have kids? Uh, you know, is not reason enough to let us breathe and let us find water? Anyway, apart from that, I've got a CD out. <laughs> from uh, Daniel Siwala, um, you cooperated with many musicians during your career. But what qualities and inputs do you appreciate most from Steve Lukather? Well, he's a guitar playing, of course. And uh, I like the way he cries, at, you know, at the sessions. That's very nice. <laughs> uh, he's a good friend and we have fun. And of course, he's an incredible player, you know. And that's what I love about having him on the session. And he's very fast. Um, there's no sort of torture going on. We get on with it. So that's why I love Steve Luca, though. From Carlos Vasquez at FA, tell me about Rock Around the Clock. How, how much has rock evolved from the 50s to now? And do you think the Beatles changed rock history? I wouldn't say rock history. I think they changed music history. I mean, one of the biggest things the Beatles did was write them and we'd all record them. Because in those days, you had the writer was like a separate gig, and then the band recorded it. And uh, we had a moment with George Martin where he would bring great songs. And we all said, no, no. Well, I said, and George said, we want to do theirs. And they said, we want to do ours. And, um, and that's how it happened. And you know what? I love to this day. I mean, the Beatles are still out there. And the music still holds up. And we worked real hard.
And of course, we had some great songs. Um, so does that answer the question? And anyway, I said, well, I'm going to do Rock Around the Clock. And, uh, you know, because it's my EP, I can do whatever I like. So I thought Rock Around the Clock is going to be great. And I did a sort of a brushes version of it, you know, like old school. And then I thought, no, put the sticks on. And then I rocked. And then I called Joe Walsh and he rocked. And it's a separate solo. Because you listen to the covers of uh, Rock Around the Clock, everybody plays that same solo. Yeah. But uh, so it just was one of those moments that I was sitting around and I thought, hey, I'm going to do Rock Around the Clock for all these good reasons. That's wonderful. Um, Katie from Music Existence, she asks, Trombone Shorty is changing the way young people engage with instrumental music. Why was it important for you to have him on Coming Undone? Well, you know, what I love is the surprises I get when I'm making a record. And, you know, people we, we ask, I mean, the idea I have is to have other people write songs, uh, put like, um, Change the World had, you know, synthesizers and bass and guitar from Lucifer, of course. So it had a lot of meats and that was great for me to play drums to and sing the song. And uh, Linda Ferry uh, wrote this song for me, Coming Undone, a song I love. And she put everything on. And in the middle, she sort of did a throat trombone solo. Ah, 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 ah. And uh, I thought, man, trombone would be great on this track. And so we thought of trombone shorty. I mean, he can't be bad. He's got trombone in his name. And uh, we got in touch with him and we said, you know, I've got this song. I'd just be an honor if you could play for me. You know, we, caught, we found him in New Orleans. And so what's great now, you send the files. You know, I'm on like 10 other records. Uh, because they send the files and I just play drums and send the files back. And I always say, use me or lose me, because <laughs> it may not be what they want. And uh, not many have lost me. But anyway, um, and then he put on this whole brass section, never mind just the trombone. I said, wow, I mean, it, it, it turned into that because of him. I wasn't there saying, oh, yes, and do the trumpet and do this. He had this idea and it worked. I mean, it could have come back and we didn't like it. We could have just wiped it off, but it it worked so well. And it gave that track such a different feel uh, of where we were going. I mean, because it's a very sad song in its way. I'm coming undone. Uh, but that, that uh, section just uh, lifts it for me. So it happens uh, just because we thought, hey, trombone shorty and uh, sent the files to New Orleans and he sent that back and we thought we love that and that's what we kept. Thank you. Um, Andrew Christie asks just the way is set to feature reggae vibes similar to Zoom In. Who are yeah. some of your reggae influences and is that a genre you'd like to work more in? Um, well I like reggae. I mean I've always liked reggae you know since it moved from Calypso uh you know it was yellow bird and now it's uh, a lot of other things and um you know i've had some good times in jamaica and uh you know it's it's like we don't sit pondering oh we've got to do a reggae track it's it just sort of happens really 
And, um, you know, but it gives me the chance to have uh, uh, Tony Chen and uh, Fully Fully, who played with Bob Marley, get real bass player and guitar from Jamaica playing on it, you know, which gives it more force. And for me, it's so great because I get to play with those guys. So, you know, though I'm making the EP for me, I get to play with all these different people and, and have a lot of fun. And uh, so they came over, you know, uh, Tony came over for the last CD and uh, played. And then he brought to Fully with him, who was like the master reggae bass player. And it was so great playing with those guys. So, you know, we're here, you know, I'm not here to be tortured. I'm here to have fun and play with good musicians and, and hang. So that's what it is. So I do like reggae. And uh, my son just did an album with Toots, who's dead now, God rest his soul, but they got a Grammy. And he was doing this reggae record and he did some of it in this studio and made me play tambourine on the track. <laughs> so, you know, if you're there and you've got it, play it. That's how it is. Um, this question is about touring from Jane Stevenson at Toronto Sun. You're originally going to launch your latest all-star tour in Canada two years ago, Casino Rama. Do you think you'll make it back up here? And what are the tour plans as they stand now? I love Casino Rama. Uh, I love that big waterfall you've got outside the window. <laughs> um, well, you know, they've sent me, you know, we knew, we didn't know what it was going to be like. In February, everybody was cool. In March, it was getting a bit rough and it was becoming knowledgeable. We all knew about it. And uh, we had to stop the first tour, the May-June tour. And I, in my naivety, I'm uh, on the internet saying, well, I'm sorry, you know, I know you're all ready for me to come to these gigs. And, uh, but don't worry. Hold on to the tickets because I'm going to do the exact same tour next year. And, uh, and of course, we didn't. And, uh, you know, the um, September, October tour last year, nothing. This year, I'm not going out this year. Uh, but I've got the tour lined up for next year. They've sent me the itinerary already for next year. But, you know, it's impossible to say now if it's on. I'm saying in my heart it's on, but let's see where we are. Um, but, it, you know, getting through the pandemic, you know, has not been easy. Uh, but what makes it easier for me is that I get a chance to make music here or, you know, send the files and um, hang out with other musicians. Like last year, though, we'd all be tested before we joined up together. And uh, this year, we've all had our jabs. So we sort of hang out, not for a long time, like Nathan East. Uh, comes over and so you know it's been a very strange year but when the tour dates come up you know I feel myself oh god I want to be on tour you know and it's not going to happen you know that's that's just the the truth of the whole deal it's still dodgy I mean we Bob and I were just over in England we 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 went over there to see our kids and the grandkids and everybody and we had a couple of weeks there which was great and uh but you know you're still a bit like whoa you know walking up king's road we're the only ones with masks on um but that's how it is 
I mean, this year I feel we can, well, because of the vaccination, we can actually move a little more than we did last year. So yeah, this uh, pandemic, it's not like we can go anywhere. You know, I keep thinking, I'll oh, just get a plane and go. Where? It's everywhere. That's what it is. You know, so I'm here now talking to you guys. <laughs> Another question about uh, All-Stars from Goldmine. John Borek asks, how do you choose the players for your All-Star band? Well, first of all, you know, I, I used to change the whole band. I mean, the first band, of course, I just opened my phone book. I'd never done it before in 89. Oh, Joe Walsh, he'll be great. Oh, Lee Von Helm, he'll be great. Dr. John, okay, give him a call. So I had all these numbers in my book. And in those days, for you youngsters, we used to have to keep them in a book. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it went really well. So I, I decided to do it again with another band. And the, the reasons I picked those players are you have to have hits. Uh, you know, if you want to be in the All-Stars, you have to have hits because we're a hit band and um, and you've got to play an instrument. So, you know, you're listening, you get offer of three bass players and you say, oh, yeah, that, he's got that great song. He'll be great or the piano player. Um, so if you've got hits, uh, you know, I usually have like 12, 14 to choose from and get it down to eight. And that's how we do it. I mean, we asked people to, would they like to be in the All-Stars? People, now it's been going on for over 30 years, are calling us. They'd like their artists to uh, be part of it. But yeah, we want, well, you, you know, I have to know you can play because <laughs> uh, music, musicians, you know, I want good players. So if you've got a song and you're a good player, you, that's a big chance you'll get into the All-Stars. Thank you. That's how um... I do <laughs> From Ken Michaels, I'm always intrigued with the newer people you've been working with of late. How did Linda Perry get to be on the new EP and Sam Hollander on Teach Me to Tango and Better Days on your recent releases? They're dynamite yeah. tracks. Yeah, well, as I said, I wanted to spread the load and I'd worked with Sam on the CD I had before that. And he was great. And he uh, was he was uh, isolating in New York. And so he put all the track on and then I played drums and sang the song. But, you know, he's a really nice guy and he, he's a great writer for me. And so that's how we got him. And then we we're sitting around and, you know, on the last one, I had uh, Diane Warren. I'd never done one of her songs. So we just called her and said, have you got a song? And she sent three and we picked the one we did, Here's to the Night. And on this one, I thought, well, we need someone else. and. I don't know, in some conversation, uh, Linda Perry came up, I mean, mainly with her work with Pink, though she's worked with a lot of people. And we called, hello, Linda, have you got a song? And uh, she said, no. But as she was leaving her studio, <laughs> this is her story, as she was closing the door, a song came to her, she opened, went in the studio and, you know, it's like everything I'm saying, I'm repeating myself now. She's playing tambourine. No, she's not, I'm playing tambourine. She's playing a tap in the guitar. She's playing bass. She's playing rhythm and she's singing along with me. I mean, she's part of it. And you know, it's so great for me to, to have that support. So I got to, to know someone else in the business who's beautiful and Linda Perry is. So it's like 
using people that I had never worked with before and asking them for a song and what they could put on it for me and do it. Uh, so, you know, it's sort of a new way for me. I mean, I'm always co-writer on, on the reggae songs. It just seems to be on the last two EPs. That's what I do. And, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, Sam was a great find out of the blue and, you know, Linda's great, you know, so I have a lot of fun making them and because it's an EP, it doesn't seem like it's a long time we'll be doing this. Uh, it's, you know, it's four tracks and so we get it done in the tracks we get done really fast and then we put it together. So that's uh, that's the whole thing about uh, what I do. You know, I just I'm just asking people I've never worked with before and people I have worked with before it's, uh, you know, uh, Nathan's got his upright bass out for Rock Around the Clock, talking about Rock Around the Clock. You know, we're trying to get some sort of that sound. Do, 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 Bill Haley. Uh, and then we do it in our own way. I always felt it was like at the hop song. You know, it's very American. I don't really know it, but it means at the dance. You know, it's like teenagers at the dance. And, uh, and we had a lot of fun doing it. You know, that's that's the main deal. Also, if you're working, I want to have fun. As I keep saying, I'm not here to be tortured. I tell you that to the band, the All Stars, when we have that talk at the beginning. I'm not here to be tortured. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Uh, speaking of the recording process, Billy Amendola asks, could you explain your drum recording process for the new EP? Do you record the drum tracks first? Do you record with anyone? Do you use your V drums or acoustic kit or both? Yeah. And piece them up. Yeah. Yes. Next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, we do it all in the, I don't know if you can see, just in that room there. It's, was a bedroom now it's the drum room with two kits uh, a, a regular kit and uh, an electronic kit but it's so weird i mean i play my my kit and uh and then i get on the electric kit on the roland and it's like it's like another guy gets up you know it's like uh, two personalities because of what i get from the electrics that i don't get from mine you know, I can hit the cymbal on the electricity and it's an orchestra. You know what I mean? It's like far out what you can do and have fun with. But, you know, I am a drummer on the organic kit. Uh, that's my favorite thing to do in life. And we don't, we put the drums down sometimes just with the piano, sometimes just with the guitar. And, uh, but for me, I like to know the song uh, what I'm playing to, because I feel the emotion of the song and I play to that. Um, so usually we've got some stuff down uh, and then I play the drums. And of course, last of all, I do the vocals. So it depends on the on the track, you know. Uh, people like, you know, Sheila E did come together and uh, I said, I'm not doing that, Bill. Don't, don't, you know. And uh, she said, yeah, okay. So it's like, bum, bum, dun, 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 dun. and she got on her congressman and I, dun, 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 diddly, 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 diddly. <laughs> so she, she did it herself, which was so cool. 
Anyway, we love Sheila. And, you know, so it's just I'm hanging out, doing stuff, having fun, you know, being real when we play. And and uh, just next door, you can't see, there's a gym. I get I work out nearly every other day. And there's another room past that where I get me paints out and do that star's mine, one of my paintings. And on top, you might see the record that you're going to buy. <laughs> um, we're promoting. We're promoting, Matt. Got it? <laughs> There's a question about uh, let's change the world. How would you, what is your vision for changing the world? And Sal at Premier says, what would you like your fans to take away from this new EP? Well, I'd like them to be kind, considerate, understanding, loving, and, and in peace. I mean, you know, that's what I'd love. And, uh, you know, we live in America, and half, but half of the world is starving, half of the world doesn't have water. I mean, everybody knows I support water aid because I believe if you don't have anything, you should have water if you're on this planet. And because, uh, you know, it's necessary. And I just, uh, just be kind to, the, to your neighbor, to your friends, to the person next door, you know, it's just Let's try and understand what they're going through, not only us. I mean, I'm not political, but. Um, Alex at uh, Press Association, want to know any special remembrances you have about Charlie? Yeah, Charlie was a great guy, was a lot of fun, and he had a harder band than I did to keep together. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I always like to, you know, I meet Charlie, we hang out, he's been up here, we, you know, it's not like we live together. We live close in London. We'd bump into each other on King's Road or whatever. Um, or we'd find ourselves at a dinner or a gig. But I had a party in the 70s. And um, I had a drum kit up in the attic. It was like a cinema attic, music, whatever you want to do up there. And, uh, and Charlie came and so did John Bonham. And so we've got three drummers just hanging out and Bonham got on the kit, but because it was just like, you know, it's not like on stage, you nail them down. So they're steady. It was just like there. So as he was playing and the bass drum was hopping away from him and you had Charlie Watts and Ringo holding the bass drum for him as he played. And you think, ah, oh, man, I mean, that, would have been a great little video, a TikTok, or a photo would have gone worldwide, you know what I mean? But in the 70s, I had parties, and you'll never find any photos, because I wouldn't let you take photos, but, you know, they're in my house. And uh, for that, I always think that would have been a great shot to have, you know? But so, yeah, we will miss Charlie. He was a beautiful human being, you know? And uh, he was like the quiet man. Last question before we go. A couple um, people have asked about any comments or surprises that happened in the process of get it back and let it be reissued. Uh, the record or the video or the documentary is great. It's a little longer now, <laughs> you know, which is all came about because Apple, our, our company, Apple, we found 56 hours of unused footage from the Michael Lindsay Hogg documentary. And 
we were blessed that uh, Peter Jackson took it on and to put it together to make it different. And, um, you know, I was always moaning about the original. There was no real joy in it. It was all based on this down a little incident. Anyway, Peter would come into LA and he'd bring stuff to show me on his iPad. We found this and we're laughing and we're fooling around. And we're being musicians. I mean, you have to think that the get back from January, whatever, 5th, to the end of January, within a month, we'd made a record and we'd done that roof gig on the roof was so great. And we played live again. It was a great piece in, in the thing for me, uh, where Paul said, well, who wants to play live? And you can hear me in the background going, I do. <laughs> and uh, we did. And, you know, always the Beatles, we were going to, you know, Turkey, somewhere or we're going up Everest or, you know, we'll be in a desert or, or Hawaii, we'll go to the volcano for, and I uh, sod it, let's just walk across the road. And uh, I mean, with this one, just let's do it on the roof. And uh, and that's what we did and it was great. I mean, the, the police played a huge part. Not that they did anything, but they were moaning at us. And uh, it looked really silly in the film now, but we've got all this extra footage so you know surprise surprise we're still hanging out peter's doing he's locked up in new zealand um because of the pandemic and you know it's at its good points and it's better points and so now the documentary is six hours long <laughs> and it's going to come out in america over three nights through thanksgiving uh but it's it's got the start the middle and the finish I mean, the start is very slow and then it, we get into it and then we're at it and then we're out. So, I mean, I love it, um, but I'm in it, of course. So six hours is never long enough. <laughs> um, and I think you, everyone will enjoy because you'll see this band work really hard and went through emotional ups and downs to get to where we got every time. Uh, but that's just how it was. Four guys in a room, you know. You're going to have a few ups and downs. So that's all I can say about that. That Peter Jackson is our hero. He's done a great job. And it will be out a little long. The actual roof thing uh, gig in pieces is, I think, 43 minutes long. It's pretty cool. Uh, where it was... I'm saying eight and a half minutes, I don't remember. So, yeah, I loved it. The end result is I loved it. And, uh, and that's the end of that. We all gotta wait till it comes that's... out. But he's redoing bits now. So I'm waiting for that to come. But, you know, he's like fine tuning. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect, thank you. That's all the time we have. If you wanna, everybody, if you wanna do a screenshot now, Go ahead, give your peace and love, do a screenshot, and we're gonna thank Ringo for his time. Peace and love. Peace and love, thank you everybody. Peace thank and you. love. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, 
not minutes, like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.